Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Here we go. This is episode 45. Zach here. And Andy. And Andy is going to start us off by talking about death by saddle. <laughs> yeah. Well, not on a horse, on a bike, of, of course, course. Of course, of course. My mom and my sister are very convincing with epic bike rides, and I don't do much cycling, so it feels very difficult to jump in the saddle, as Zach likes to say. And no, that's we would, what cyclists say. Cyclists Andy. say. 85 miles on gravel in northern Ooh. Michigan. So, yeah, it was a on lot a of fun. On a bike that you don't uh, normally ride, although you don't normally ride any bike, bike, so it probably doesn't matter. I have a road bike, sense. so he let me use his hybrid bike, and and it was good. It was super fun. We had a great time. We stopped for meals and ice cream and dipped our toes in Lake Huron. So, overall, fabulous memories, although I, my rear is reminding me, reminding me that you, I did that ride. You're saying you've got a... <laughs> Rear reminder. Yes. A regular rear reminder. A regular one, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm still running and it just wasn't quite as zippy as usual. And I've been on the foam roller uh, quite a bit trying to get things back to normal. So a lot of you do that kind of thing seemingly regularly if Strava is to be believed. And I am here to say... I just don't understand. Kudos why to you. Wants I'm here to, do to that. say good job. <laughs> Andy's going to go. praise you, and I'm going to criticize you for your no. lack of sanity. No. Okay. People say the same about you, marathoner. I am not a marathoner by choice. All right. Um, speaking of me and running, and possibly doing another marathon at some point. Um, I, so I've been I've been talking about my new coach Barry McGee and uh, how. So I'm I'm basically about to get started here. I've got a down week, and then. Uh, an eight week block or so of uh, just some great conditioning. And I've been talking about uh, with a lot of you directly about wearing watches, not wearing watches, data and such. So we, we have an episode, I think it's episode six or thereabouts that's called data driven. And if you haven't listened to it, now would be kind of an odd time to go back and listen to it because I'm about to kind of counter a number of the things that I was saying there. Not to say that they're wrong as much as that there's a place, there's a time and place for these kinds of perspectives. You know, so we love data as runners or off most of us, many of us, lots of us do. And um, as, as I'm talking with Barry via email, because he's in New Zealand, we are trying to kind of establish what the right way to go about this is during the conditioning phase. And the reality here is... The watch is probably more of an obstacle, more of a hindrance than a help during this phase. And this is reminding me of a conversation. So a quick shout out here to Grant Guyon. Grant, if Hi, you're Grant. listening, there's your shout out. And if you're not listening, get with the program, man. All right. So Grant and I were talking just recently. We went on a long run together and we were chatting about watches and not watches. And part of it in our conversation was the idea of focus in races and kind of the mental game that we play with ourselves and such. And one of the things that we were trying to get at is how to how to get your head right um, in a given effort. And so just kind of taking this broader for a moment, when you think about what you're attempting to do on a run, in many instances, the watch can be helpful. You know, if I want to run a specific time for a specific pace, if I if my coach gives me a workout and says you need to run three minutes per rep, 
for whatever this thing is, then I need to watch because that that's my accountability. Um, however, if I understand the raw purpose of the thing I'm doing, let's say coach says you need to run an hour easy. Well, let's say an hour is roughly eight miles. I need to run eight miles easy. So how about instead of trying to run with my watch for an hour, I find a course that's about eight miles and I just run it with no watch and I just try to stay easy. And for the interval workout, let's say my coach says, well, we're trying to do VO2 max type intervals, which is roughly this effort. Then how about instead of my watch, I find a distance that is the right amount of distance for that type of interval. And I just run it based off of an approximate effort for. So Mm -hmm. you get the point here. If the goal is understood, if the purpose is understood in many, if not most instances, the watch is not necessary. Hmm. Now, I know the data is helpful and the accountability is valuable. You know, it's good the for tracking fitness. The social aspect of Strava. Well, there's some of those things Feel too. Feel good when you get some yeah, kudos. Yeah, I get it. I do. I do. I, I love data. But there's something here and there's something to really truly understand. Like this should not, this should be a weapon in my arsenal if we think about it, you know, in training. This should be a tool in my tool belt. Meaning when we wear the watch, when we don't wear the watch and why. And if I truly understand the work I'm trying to do in a given Mm -hmm. effort, those kinds of things. So that's my reflection right now. I'm working with this stuff with Barry and uh, I'm going to keep you posted on how things progress as we really get into the heart of it. Another weapon in your arsenal, so to speak, Zach, is training partners, our training partners. And this is a very timely interview with training partners, Emily Oren and Leah Fallon. She's formerly Leah O'Connor. Since Monday, it was announced that they are both moving to Colorado to run with the on running team. In Boulder. In Boulder. And they're keeping their coach, Dathan Ritzenhain, who will be the coach of that team. So West Michigan, mourn your loss again. We're about to lose Dathan again. But But it's for good. Right? Like we can still follow him and it's for good. He's he's moving moving over there to uh, help help build up this on running team and make something great here. Yeah. So we're really excited to have them on to talk about the philosophy of working with a team of having training partners and how that can be beneficial to our running and also to our experience as a runner in in our life and bringing connecting friendship with training buddies. It's a rich reflection. And I got to say, this episode is made that much better by the fact that they're both here talking together. Mm -hmm. And we can talk to either one of them separately and get the content out of it. But the chemistry of having the training partners here together, sharing the experiences is, is wonderful. So stay tuned for that. We do have some interesting news from the world of running first. First up from Athletics Weekly, we've got Mark Scott with a new British Road 5K record running 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Woo! And that, uh, by the way, is another Bowerman Track Club athlete. You just keep hearing about it. I know. Can't help it. They're running so fast. So um, no surprise, by the way, that he's running fast because back in February, he also broke the European indoor 5K record, which, by the way, was previously held by Sir Mo Farah. So, Sir Mo, Mark you lost Scott's one breaking, of your records. Oh, yeah. no. If Mark Scott's breaking a Mo Farrow record, you know he's something. So he ran 1308 indoors and now 1320 on the roads, which the roads are generally considered to be quite a bit slower anyway than the track. And so this is this is really something what he's doing. So uh, new British record for road races by Mark Scott. We'll post the link. We got another one here. This one, a total changeup. Arian Knighton is 16 years old. 
and just ran 20 seconds point three three in the 200 meter dash. That's smoking. Now, there, there's no surprise that people are comparing him to Bolt. Whenever mm-hmm. things like this happen, they mm-hmm. start wondering, you know, what did Bolt? So at about the same age, Bolt ran 20.13. Okay. So that's that's in the vicinity. Now, largely the reason they're comparing him to Bolt is because it's a new national record wow. 200 meter. So if you see the finishing photo, it's like basically he's running his own race and everyone else in the race <laughs> is running a separate race against each other. It's one of those well, kinds of things. familiar with Bolt. Yeah, you know, you see familiar. these kinds of things. So just really incredible. And we don't really follow sprinting super super closely on this podcast, but we do try to note things like this when we see them. And that is exciting. Very exciting. And another thing that's exciting in distance running is that Sarah Hall has run a new half marathon PR. And the reason why it's notable is because it was 108.18. Wow. Yeah. That puts her six on the all time list for US performers. That's that's really something. It's so fast. I mean, it's 512 pace. And this is a cool thing. She was paced by two men, but her daughters were also in the race. Oh, that's cool. So Hannah, she's 20 years old. She ran 120.03, which is a great time. And Uh, Mia, her 16-year-old, this is her first year running. She ran 123.18. It's just, it's fun. It's fun for me to see what the family's doing and those girls are all running with her mom. And it's just cool. And... This kind of led to like some talk about Sarah Hall's like what's next. And she's marathon training right now. She's a fall marathon. And this is what she told Runner's World. The trials were a massive disappointment. And I really want to be able to turn the page on that and to continue to build and improve. And even though she can't say what race it is yet, we're thinking that she might be doing the London Marathon, which announced recently that it's holding an elite-only version of the race. Yeah, so you heard Andy say it. They're actually doing a version of the London Marathon. Totally different course, Mm elites-only. What do we know about it, Andy? So it's a loop around St. James Park, and they're going to try to, like, keep it... Uh, COVID-free by keeping spectators out. At least that's what it sounds like. They're calling it a secure biosphere. Which I I just speculate, uh, you know, that immediately makes me think, are they like putting up a dome? Are they (laughs) controlling the atmosphere with a climate-controlled dome? Yeah, no, that's not what they mean. I think it's just going to be highly secure. And that anyone within that bubble, so to speak, will have to have a COVID test. That is my prediction. But the most exciting thing... Yeah, is that Elliot Kipchoge is going to be going against Kenanisi Bekele officially. So, Kenanisi Bekele v. Elliot Kipchoge is like the most exciting concept in marathoning right now. And what we talked about this when they first announced that in the original scheduled London Marathon that they were going to do this. And it's like, you know, one of those things of, well, don't get your hopes up too high until we're in the last four miles of the race, because of course it's a marathon. Anything can happen. And it's so long. And, um, you know, it seems like when these two have raced in different capacities against like other headliners, um, someone just like has an off day a lot of the time and that happens so often. So we're really excited and we really hope for the race. So everyone's the hoping race. for the race. Kennedy Bekele ran two seconds slower than Kipchoge's amazing Berlin yeah, Marathon world so record. Fast. So mm-hmm. these guys are literally the two fastest marathoners head and shoulders above anyone else historically. It'll be interesting too, because I'm guessing the elite field will be small. So, I mean, it's it's always going to be separated because they are just stellar athletes. But at the same time, there's not going to be a lot of rocking around in the beginning element of the race. So I'm guessing that they probably will have to key off of each other pretty closely um, 
I don't know who else is going to be in it yet. TBD. Maybe Sarah Hall will be there for the women's side. But we do have our final piece of news, which is relevant to this episode, and that is that on running team that are announcing some athletes that are going to be part of that. So that new Colorado team is coached by Dathan Ridsenhine, as we mentioned in the beginning, and sponsored by On Running. Yeah, so On Running is apparently making a surge right now to grab up elite athletes, which, of course, the timing makes sense. If they've got the money and opportunity to do so, there aren't that many contracts flying out of you know the big names like nike and adidas or something right now because you know sports have been taking a hit but on running is a running specific company and as you might guess running right now is actually not doing too badly like people are buying running shoes yep. and going out and running because what else Gyms are they going to do closed in a lot of right. the country right so there's a there's a great article here and we encourage you to click on the link and read it because it actually gives a little bit more of a good explanation of why this might be possible for on running they just signed Jake Riley as an individual athlete in the fall or the spring which we were talking with Jake Riley prior to that so just barely before actually they signed that and he was kind of talking about you know what what are the next steps going to look like for him well He's gone pro again with on running this time. They've also got two other pro teams. Wow. It's just incredible to see, you know, where are they going to go? Where's the money going? We're excited going? about Who's the team signing? and the coach. It's great. Very excited. Next up, our conversation with Emily Orrin and Leah Fallon. Both of our guests today Emily and Leah specialize in the 3K steeplechase, but both are phenomenal mid-distance runners. In fact, both of them have won national championships in the 1500 mile. This is Emily Oren's first time on the show, and we are so excited to have her. She's posted some phenomenal times and has some wonderful accolades that we'd like to share with you. A couple of those being... Her 1500 meter time is a 418. That's roughly 435, 36 mile equivalent. Yeah. Solid. Very solid. She's run the 5K in 1537. Nice. So she's got a little distance in her too. And her specialty. And 3K steeplechase, which she has run 940. Woo. Blazing. So fast. She was NCAA Division II Women's Athlete of the Year. Probably because she was a nine-time national champion uh, when she was in NCAA Division Two From Hillsdale. Hillsdale. Shout out to Hillsdale. We like yeah, Hillsdale. Yeah, we do. Great times racing there. Mm-hmm. So Emily is also, this is just kind of a fun side fact, in addition to being a speedster, she's also posted some great performances in the half marathon. She's, she's a two-time Detroit half marathon champion. And there are so many things I could share, but I do want to mention that she's run for Team USA. She finished fifth in the Stibble Chase at the U.S. Track and Field Championships in 2018, so that put her on the national team for some international racing in track and field. And then Leah Fallon, we've had her on the show before. She's formerly known as Leah O'Connor. She's one of our most popular episodes on the A to Z Running Podcast, so if you haven't checked it out, Got to do that. We'll link to it. Her episode is called Feeling Powerful Again. You can find that at a to zrunning.com slash episode 13. And we have some of her accolades there, but I do want to mention just a couple for those of you who have just started joining us here on the podcast. She is the fifth fastest 3K meter steeplechase time by an American woman. Super impressive. She's around 918. 
it's saying something when because American women are strong yeah. in the steeple. In case anyone's forgotten the 2017 World Championships when Emma Colburn and Courtney Frerichs went gold silver mm-hmm. one two in the world championships mm-hmm. she has an amazing resume of running so we'll make sure we link to that and you can listen to her previous episode and of course the reason why her name is different now than the last time we had her on the podcast is because she married our friend lewis yeah. fallon back in the spring so so for funsies i'm gonna post a few photos from leah's wedding in our blog post did you say funsies i did say funsies because it was oh, very fun man. It was a perfect day, so I'm going to post a couple of those because I had the privilege of being her wedding photographer. It was so awesome to be able to be there for such a special time in Leah and Lewis's life. Without further ado, our interview with Emily Oren and Leah Fallon. Hi, Emily. Hi, Leah. Hello. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. We are so excited, seriously. Like, it's been really cool because we live in Grand Rapids, too. We've been able to connect with you guys more and know more of your journey. So we've had Leah on the show, and we are going to link to the episode that we had with Leah. And it's called Feeling Powerful Again. So I do want to check in with you, Leah, because that was your goal when you were kind of, like, getting into it. We started moving. You were going. You were training. Now I'd like to know. Do you feel powerful again? I do, which is <laughs> great. I Yeah, we were talking like kind of right at the beginning of when training started really ramping up and had some good races in indoor and I've been injury free for over a year, knock on wood, which has not happened since honestly I was in college, which is, is huge. Like I am still, I think about that probably weekly and I'm very grateful for just my health. So feeling really good. I'm going to ask this because I know our audience is going to be curious, just as you said that, why do you feel like you've been able to maintain health better in the last year than in the past? Oh, it's not just one thing. I think it's it's everything. Um, my training is is written really well by my coach, Dathan, and um, body care in Grand Rapids right now is exceptional with Jason Ross and Adam Hamolka um, at Endurance. And so, I mean, those people have kind of just been instrumental. And then relationally, I have a great husband now. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Um, And a great family and training with Emily and having, you know, the other girls and just people around that are really supportive. Um, I just feel really relaxed and like I'm enjoying myself and I think that's just important just to have the right support system and to be having fun. And I'm doing that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's your first time on. Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. So Emily, I'd love for you to kind of unpack a little bit your running journey. So when did you discover that you loved running and how (laughs) have you gone from, you know, high school to college to now professional running? Yeah. um, Well, I hated running for probably half my life. Uh, my dad always made us do, I don't know if they still have it around here, Hershey track and field. Um, I did that ever since I was little, little, and I hated it. My dad would make us run laps around the block to train for it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I will never be a runner. Um, but then I ran in high school because my older sister ran. And so I wanted to be like her. And then my younger sister was like, well, shoot, we'll all be on the same team. So we were all on the same team for a year in high school. Um, so I, I obviously did that all through high school. And then 
got talked into doing it in college despite my best efforts. Also didn't want to do it in college. I told all of my friends I was never ever running in college. I was going to do all the intramural sports and just have fun. And um, I went to Hillsdale College and I decided to run there because I loved the coaches and I loved the girls that I met. And I loved the school too a lot. Um, Leah's probably heard me gush about Hillsdale too many times. I love it. Um, But I just had a great experience there. Had awesome coaches and um, my best friends on the team that really showed me like what what I can do in running and like why running so fun I always like to say that I like to go I liked to go on runs with my teammates because it was just like girl talk so it was like I got to hang out with my friends all the time which I found very fun because that's what I love to do um, but yeah with my coaches in college uh, they just they saw something in me that I never really saw in myself. Um, ever since I was being recruited, they're like, oh, you're going to be an All-American. And I was like, no, me? No, I just, I kind of want to have fun and maybe go on a few trips with the team. Like, that'd be cool. And um, then when I was a freshman, I made the national meet in the mile, which was like, I kind of made it because a lot of people scratched, but I was still like, oh my gosh, what? Then I almost got lapped in that race. It was, <laughs> it was on a 200 meter track to be fair, but I ran terribly and I just felt horrible about it. And I watched the girl who won the next day and I was like, oh my gosh, that looks like so much fun. She also lapped me in the DMR the night before too. So I was like getting lapped as she was winning. And I thought, wow, she's done already. (laughs) That looks like a lot of fun. And I just remember really that stuck with me how much fun it looked like she was having out there. And I was like, I want to do that someday. And then I had a new coach the next year who was like, you're going to be a national champion. And she just spoke so many words of encouragement into my life and was so supportive. We're still really great friends today. Sam Carney um she yeah I guess saw me for the runner that she thought I could be and then my junior and senior year I had another new coach Joe Lynn who also really really encouraged me and got me to my first USA championships my junior year of college and I think that's when I was like oh wow okay this is really cool and I I looked up to I have looked up to Leah for so long and I met her at that meet for the first time and I just thought that was so cool and her coach Walt Drenth told me that I was so close to being good I had to just keep going and I was like oh my idols they are here and so um, I just had a lot of great people who kept pushing me to to keep going when I didn't want to and then once I had a really cool experience at USA's I was like this is it I want to keep going so um, I was fortunate enough to sign a little contract with Wazelle out of college. So I ran for them for about a year and a half. I trained in Hillsdale. I actually worked in the admissions office there as an admissions counselor and had awesome coworkers who were so invested in my running too, which was so fun. Um, And then after that was done with Wazelle, that's when I met Dathan and Leah. And I I saw Leah was training in Grand Rapids and was like, oh, I want to run with her. Um, So I kind of sought them out to see what was going on. And ended up here with them so yeah it was it's been a lot of like I don't want to do this then all of a sudden it was like this is all I want to do uh which is interesting whenever I tell people I never wanted to run they're like no way it's like yep nope I hated it (laughs) I absolutely hated it some days I still don't like it but (laughs) yeah so it's been a kind of a weird journey it's not something I ever would have saw for myself even like five years ago I probably been like um I'm that's probably not going to be what I'm doing um 
but I've just had really great people in my life who have kept me going and kept telling me I could do things. So I was like, all right, I, I, I trust them. So <laughs> I give it a try. <laughs> well, I, I, I just want to reflect a moment. I don't know if this is a question yet because we're going to talk about it in just a moment. But yeah. um, clearly just, you know, what's one of the defining factors in the experience and it's the community that surrounds it. And, mm-hmm. and you, you just mentioned in all the different ways, even coworkers who can be yeah. supportive. But there's something about that that period of time when you exit college and it's, you know, that team rich environment that you've just been a part of with all of those kinds of things and then you're kind of on your own and that's difficult so you know as we're sitting here part of the reason a large part of the reason why we're talking to the two of you together at the moment is because you've found a way to not have to be alone Mm -hmm. in this interesting time when you're running professionally without a you know team like the college atmosphere so I guess the question would be, um, I was going to ask you when you first met, but you actually answered that for us. Um, okay. I probably remember it more than she does. <laughs> I, I, the reason I remember it is because we were at a pancake house. I, maybe we met before this. I think I've told you this story. <laughs> she was sitting there with her coach and I, I'll, I really have looked up to Leah for a very long time. Um, and Joe, my coach was there and we were walking out and Leah and her coach was sitting there and I had ordered, have you ever been to the original pancake house? They have, no, they have this pancake that's called the Dutch baby or something. And I ordered it thinking it was just pancakes with like apples in it. Turns out it's like a, it's like an apple pie, basically. <laughs> like, it takes like an hour to make. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I want that. <laughs> and so as we're leaving, Leah, I was introduced to Leah and she asked me what I got. And I had to say the Dutch baby. And I was mortified. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to know I just ate like a whole apple pie by myself. <laughs> That's <probably> like sweet. <laughs> Do you remember this, Leah? No. <laughs> I, but now knowing her, I'm like, she probably thought it was cool I ordered I, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably that. I was like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you would order that. <laughs> I want to. No, I, I, the first, I first time I remember meeting, well, I, I've seen you around. Yeah. I had a really hard time figuring out who was Molly and who was Emily because you and <laughs> yeah. Molly look so similar. And I thought you were a twin for the longest time. Yeah. And then uh, it was at the track at Hillsdale. I remember having yeah. a conversation with you and we talked about doing long runs and then I got yeah. injured. So then that didn't work out. But how was it when you started running together? What was it like to be put together? Um, I mean, I was like so happy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to finally have somebody to run with. I like, yeah. Um, I will never forget our first workout together. <laughs> Tell oh, us. Yeah. We need to know now. I was here visiting because I had talked with Dathan and was like, hey, I'm interested. And he was like, yeah, come work out with me and Leah. And unbeknownst to him, I hadn't really been working out. I had taken two weeks off from training because <laughs> my foot bothered me a lot. And then I had just been basically doing easy miles. I had done like maybe two workouts before that. But I was like, oh, yeah, totally fine. Like, I'm fine. So we had to do 10 200s on the track and then 10 200s up a hill. And my Achilles had been bothering me for for about a week and I hadn't told him. So I was ripping 200s. I remember him asking me, have you been in spikes yet? Or have you been in flats yet? And I said yes and then realized I hadn't actually. So I just put on flats and just started like ripping 200s with Leah and I was dying. And then we went to this hill and I had a hurt Achilles but didn't say anything. So I ran 10 200s. And at one point he yelled at me going down the hill, like, 
don't rupture an Achilles, ha ha ha. And I was like, oh my gosh, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got done and I said, my, my Achilles is really kind of bothering me. And he was like, oh my gosh, you should have said something. You would have never done hills. I like couldn't even finish the cool down. It hurts so oh, bad. No. But the thing that I like, I that was when I realized like how tough you are because that workout like put me in the grave when I first did it. And I had like built up to doing 20 by 200. Like he had me start at like four and four and then like six and six. And like I had to get there every time you just show up. I was like, all right, here we go. And you just rip them. And I'm like, all right, this girl's going to do it. Like, (laughs) yeah, but then I didn't run for a few weeks after that. Yeah, it was funny. (laughs) But then when I did start running again, it was very fun. I have really loved getting to train with somebody who can really push me on the track and the roads and stuff. So, Yeah. yeah, I went from like doing every run by myself to having people all the time, which was awesome yeah so how has having a running partner made you better like in the sport oh um I mean just in workouts I do things that I never thought I could do because I'm just like chasing Leah down it'll be like I remember one time we were supposed to do it was like this random work it workout indoors when I first came here and we're supposed to run like a three I don't know 10 1k and I just stuck on Leah and ran like a 304 or something and I was like what the Mm. but like just doing things like that that I would have never done by myself um, cause I can just kind of chase her down. And then likewise, when I'm feeling, I think a, a thing that helps help me a lot too, is in workouts when I'm like not confident in myself, but I still will take, take the lead on a rep and be like, okay, I can't, I can't mess this up cause I got Leah behind me. Um, and it makes me believe in myself a little bit more. Um, and then if I do mess it up, she just kind of runs around me and I, I try and stick on her then. Um, so just like making myself be in uncomfortable situations, I think helps a lot in races too, because I have to do things when I don't want to do them in a race too sometimes. How about you, Leah? I think having somebody to like share the workload with is huge. Just being able, you don't necessarily turn your mind off entirely during the reps where you're not leading, but it is really nice just to have somebody else that you can entrust the next rep to and just know like I just gotta follow her and then like she said when you're in the lead it's like you are accountable to somebody else and so it's just that give and take that's really really nice because when you're training by yourself which I also did for a while it's just a grind and it's a grind regardless but it just is it's nicer to have somebody to kind of to talk to even after a rep is done be like wow that sucked (laughs) (laughs) or or if it goes really well you know you can like celebrate it together Mm -hmm. um and then uh emily's like she's she's really consistent and i think that that's nice that i can show up to a workout and be some days like not really confident in myself and not really sure if i'm going to be able to do it um but i a lot of the times I don't even know if she notices this or not. We'll start a workout and I'll be like, you want to take the first one? Because I can trust that Emily will take it out well. And so it's just um, she's she never gets like too ahead of herself early on in workouts. Like and if you do, it's like barely and then you bring yourself back. And so it's just having somebody who is like an intelligent trainer and knows how to like put workouts together well um, that you can trust and just kind of key off of. I think that's huge. And then when it does come time for big efforts like time trials or races, 
um, you just have a lot of confidence knowing that you've done that work together and you line up next to them. And if I see her do something cool, then it's like, I can do that and vice versa. So I think that's cool. So one of the social dynamics, when we just think about like social theory and such, is this idea that when we don't want to let someone else down, you know, we want to come through for someone else, that that can be a significantly more powerful motivator for one thing. Um, but also it can be more rewarding because then when you do come through, it's not just that I was successful and achieved my goal, but I like did it for or with, or I helped someone else or, you know, I came through for another person. Um, what, what's, what's that dynamic like for you? Or do you experience that in your day-to-day training and, and even some of the harder effort or even like com- competition-minded work? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I know I definitely do, especially like, like I said, like leading reps, you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing and you're helping your teammate along. But I, I know it comes through a lot for me when I watch Leah race, when we're not in the same races. Um, I remember the Boston Mile indoors, she killed it, ran like a 4.33. And I was like, oh, I was so excited watching her take the track and like take the lead the last lap because it was like, oh my gosh, I've done all of this work with her and I've seen her work so hard. And to watch that come to fruition on the track for her is just so exciting for me. Um, And I think a lot of that is because I've done the work right next to her. And so um, getting to see her, her succeed with all of that and knowing I helped her do that is really rewarding. And then it makes me in turn, like, um, I didn't run very well at that, that mile in Boston. I ran in a different heat. And I remember saying, like, I just, I didn't want to like embarrass anybody because I ran poorly or something. Not that I think I do, but for me, I like to like, Leah, I'm Leah's training partner. I want to run fast and like show that we're doing all of this work together or for my coach or for my family and friends. And so for me, I obviously run for myself a lot because I just love it, but I love, um, getting to prove like all of the work that we've done. And I, I like to do that with Leah because I can, when I see her run fast, it's like, Oh, I want to run fast too. Cause we've done all of this together <laughs> yeah. and show the world that like, Oh my gosh, we're good training partners. Yeah. And yeah. so I think also, and it's, it, it obviously shows in like the big days, like the races and the hard workouts, but, um, some of those like long grinding, like those long runs, man, yeah. I, it's like, those are, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be in a ditch somewhere if it were for you sometimes. Like, um, and I, you know, long runs by yourself are really nice, but it is also really nice to have somebody there, especially if things are going south for yeah. you, just to have somebody to keep you going. And I've had plenty of runs for the last three miles, especially when I was like getting back into shape, um, just having Emily's footsteps next to me and having her kind of carry me through that stop me from just like keeling over or like I also talk a lot I think yeah you're great you're a great talker (laughs) and she's she's always good at coming up with conversations to distract me um but yeah it's 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 cool to be able to kind of look back at a body of work that you know so what do you think makes your um running friendship work like, what are some things that you're like, okay, it works with Leah or it works with Emily because of this? She and I kind of have similar senses of humor yeah. um, and just don't really get like super worked up about kind of little things yeah. with running or training. And yeah, uh, I don't like, know. I think we both like going and like putting in the hard work on the track. But then we're like, when we're not on the track, 
we're not necessarily thinking about it all the time. We like to just relax and be friends and have fun together. Yeah. Um, obviously, we talk about running a lot when we're together, but that's not the main thing that we talk about. And so I think it works a lot because then we're not both just like caught up in it all the time. So we're friends, I guess yeah. you could say. <laughs> You can say we like each other. <laughs> well, you're spending so much time together. You're putting in so yeah. much sweat. It yeah. would be hard for me to imagine being set with somebody who you weren't friends with. So another question, because you have family that you run with, you run with Lewis. What are some other things do you think, like just tips that maybe you could give our listeners about how to be a good running partner for someone else? Oh, well, don't two-step them the whole time. That yeah. is my pet peeve. Yeah. When somebody's running ahead of you and then trying to talk to you and you're like, I'm back here. You can come talk to me if you'd like. Celebrate their successes. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. It's like if something goes well for them and doesn't go well for you, yeah. um, I think showing up for them. And I, I love, like, when... I was injured and Emily was running well and then vice versa. I think, you know, we were, we were there for each other in Mm -hmm. those moments and that meant a lot because it was like, Oh, you care about me. Not even, and I'm just towing you around the track. Like you care just in general. So just being supportive in in those little ways. Yeah. And then encouraging them when they aren't sure that they can do things. Mm -hmm. That's something Leah's really good at is when I'm in a workout and I'm like, "Uh, honestly, I don't know if I've got this rep or not. She's like, yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> and I know with my sister, she'll always be like, oh, I'm not that fit. And then we'll go for a run and she'll run like 630s with me. And I'm like, see, you are. And yeah. just in, in being encouraging and showing them what they can do. Yeah. And how do you think that that makes running more? Does it make it running more appealing? Does it make running better in general for you? So like this career that you have, would it be the same if you didn't have a training partner? Um I probably wouldn't be doing it anymore (laughs) if I didn't have a training partner. I mean, I did two years by myself and I, by the end there, I was so sick of it, especially in the dark winter months when you're running by yourself in the dark. And I was just, I was really fed up with running and was pretty over it, but I had in my mind going for 2020. And so I was like, I'm going to do that no matter what. I just, I, I had lost its appeal to me. And then when I started training with Leah, it kind of became a a new thing again. And I was excited about it um, because I had somebody that shared the same goals that I did. And it's some, I mean, I think obviously a lot of people can understand our goals and like really sympathize with it. And like, that's really cool that you're going for it. But I don't think that they can really understand what we go through mentally and emotionally with those goals and the the amount of work that we put in day in day out because running is something that you're con- like it's our career but it's like something that we're literally always thinking about like every decision we make pretty much mm-hmm. I mean for me I'm always thinking about running yeah. and so it's hard to just flip a switch sometimes and so having somebody that you're training with that really gets that and like understands emotionally and mentally like what you're going through too is is super helpful and I think something that you need in order to be able to keep going in the sport because people can say all day like oh yeah I understand like that's really cool that you're trying to make the Olympics and you're like but you you don't really know what I'm doing Um, you know I run a lot and work really hard but like outside of that having somebody that knows what's going on is super helpful yeah there's like this 
I, I think of it as like this low hum of commitment that's like constantly yeah. in the back of your mind with running at this level that like you can't it's you can't explain it because no. you it's it's like I said we like to shut our brains off from it and like do other things and kind of step away but even in that in those moments it's kind of like I'm really enjoying the show or I like having these drinks or I like doing these things, but I have X, Y, and Z coming up and I have to think about taking care of my body in this way and getting these hours of sleep and staying hydrated. And there's just like constantly things going through your mind and it's, it's not stress necessarily, but it is, it's like I said, it's just this low hum of commitment. And so I know that Emily gets that and I, I know that she can empathize and relate and, and when I say things about how I'm feeling about training or how I'm nervous about certain things coming up, she can actually talk to me about it. And yeah. I know she's understanding where I'm coming from. And so that's just really validating and nice to have. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to add? Anything that you can think of that you want to tell our audience about finding community? I mean, just that I think it's really important to find people that believe in the goals that you have just as much as you do or more. I would say most of my family and friends probably believe in my dreams more than I do. (laughs) I can struggle with self-doubt sometimes. So that's why it's really important to have people who are going to encourage you and make sure that you keep going. I mean, as you could see, I would have stopped running at many different points (laughs) in my life if it weren't for my family and the people I've met along the way who have kept me going. So I think it's just important, even if they're not in the running community, like my coworkers, um, they didn't know anything about running until they met me, but now they're so invested and still always care. And so just having people around you that will hold you accountable, but also encourage you along the way, I think is is very important. I guess a piece of advice I have just through experience is if you're looking for training partners or a coach or a team of some sort, um, just finding people who care about you as a whole person mm-hmm. and not just as an athlete or thinking about what you can do for them. Um, that's, that's huge. Like finding whether you're looking at a college team or whatever, or if you're trying to go pro or you're, you know, just looking for a community, a local community, finding people who want to get to know you and want to understand like how you tick and care about, you know, if you have a family member who's ill or something comes up and just like want to take care of you because Mm -hmm. you ultimately are not going to be able to run well if you're not surrounded by community who care for you as a, as a whole person. And Mm -hmm. so just being in a, in a healthy situation and understanding that running is, you know, is part of it. But the reason I, like she was just saying, we've been able to continue going as we've had people who actually like love us and Mm -hmm. nurture us through this process so yeah well that's so good thank you guys so much for coming on thank you we're excited to watch this year go unfold for you and these hopeful races that might be happening so we'll keep our audience updated on what you're doing thanks thanks. (laughs) so after hearing emily and leah chat with us today it just further convinces me of the importance of people and having community and initiating runs with friends. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, we there's a reason why the founding principle of A to Z running is trying to help further the running community in some capacity. And, 
you know, it's because we believe strongly in that. But I think more than just a like a specific tangible belief, we just feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to lose track of that in a number of reasons right now, you know, with all of the COVID stuff for one thing. But just in general, it's easy to lose track of that as you're an adult athlete. So we're now we're speaking from the post-collegiate experience when you're not part of teams and you're just kind of doing your own thing. Um, we need to really be intentional with mm-hmm. it. And not just because it makes the running experience itself in that moment better, but because we just see so clearly when we hear Emily and Leah talking, when we think about our own experiences, how much we can enrich each other and how life-giving these kinds Mm -hmm. of things can be. Yeah, and I loved how they, even in their conversation with us, they were elevating each other. I don't know if you heard that, Zach, but they they kept on giving each other like this elevation. And I loved to hear that. And it's been fun to witness that when they train together. And then, of course, we're hoping for the best as we see them continue to race with On Running. We'll be linking to all the ways to follow Emily and Leah on their journey as they elevate one another, as they elevate U.S. steeplechase running for women. And we're looking forward to keeping you updated on their racing, but you also should follow them too. So we'll be linking to how to do that on a to z running.com slash episode 45. 